welcome to Frankie's Mama Reads. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Goodreads at Frankie's Mama Reads, or you can send me an email to Frankie's Mama Reads at gmail.com. Now, as always, before I get started with the episode, I want to give a shout out to a small bookish business that we can support right now that we can't go out to bookstores and buy our books. Today, I'm actually going to be shouting out an Etsy store that does not sell books. They sell really, really cool coloring pages and cross-stitch that you can download. That business is Mrs. Peggotty Arts, which is, like I said, on Etsy, and the link is in the episode description, so you can click on that there. Now, this is an Italian-based Etsy shop, which, as we all know, is an area that has been hit hard lately. So shopping with Mrs. Peggotty Arts is a really fun way to support our Italian neighbors from the comfort of your home. The shop sells downloadable and printable coloring pages, paint by numbers, and cross-stitch patterns like I mentioned. These have classic book themes, so you've got to check them out because they are beautiful and see them for yourself. They've got Mr. Darcy, Alice in Wonderland, Chronicles of Narnia, So whether you're looking for a fun activity to tie into your child's schooling from home, or you yourself just need an artistic outlet, Mrs. Peggotty Arts is a great resource. The prices start at, get this, $1.80 in the U.S., and the digital downloads are instant, so you can literally go download those right now. Like I said, you can find the link in the episode description. That way you can find them on Etsy, Mrs. Peggotty Arts. Alright, and now, as I mentioned before, those little small bookish business shoutouts that I do are totally free, not an ad, so I'm not getting paid or anything. I just want to help out our small bookish businesses right now because everybody could use a little bit of help during this quarantine stay-at-home time. Alright, so, unless you're listening to this from Antarctica or you're on the moon, hello, moon people, there's a pandemic that has hit your continent. So your travel plans have probably been completely canceled till at least June. So I thought, since we can't fly to another country to escape the news, I thought it might be a good time to time travel. Of course, I'm not an inventor, but I do know of a few books that let us time travel and escape spring 2020. So I have three sci-fi books and one book that is actually considered friendship fiction. So some other books that are considered friendship fiction are The Great Gatsby, A Man Called Ove, and Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna. So it's got a romance element and doesn't have a true a true time travel mechanism like a portal or any machines. But the character comes from 2020 and visits 2025. And since I thought we could all use a fast forward five years, I've included it. And as a bonus at the very end, I'll mention a children's book that is geared toward the 8 to 12 year old reader that also features time travel. The first book that I'm going to talk about today is The Psychology of Time Travel by Kate Mascarenes. I don't know if I'm butchering the name, but it's listed in the episode description below so you can see how that's spelled. Now this book is 336 pages in the hardcover, which is about nine hours in audio form. And this one came out in 2018, so it's a couple years old, and you can find it on Abe Books 
for under $10, including shipping. Now, I was lucky enough to find it on my library's audiobook app, so definitely check that out too if money's tight or if you just want to check out the audio. The audio is also available on Audible if you have that and have a credit handy that you want to use. So this book has a 3.75 rating on Goodreads, and it's a really beautiful cover. So if you're somebody who likes to buy books or likes to collect books, I would recommend this one for sure because that's a pretty cover. And I know there are people who definitely love to buy and collect books. Personally, I don't tend to buy a ton of books. I just use the library so much. But um, this is one that is definitely worth buying. So what it's about is four engineers who invent time travel in the late 60s. In the present day, however, one of them has been murdered. So the woman who finds the body decides to join the Conclave, which is the unit set up um, by these time travelers. She decides to join that to solve the murder. There's also a storyline with one of the founding engineers having been kicked out very early due to a bipolar episode. So there's a lot going on plot-wise, and maybe it's a bit too much, but a lot of it works, and I'll get to what I like about that in just a second. In this universe, the basic rules of time travel are that time travelers cannot change the future or the past, but you can communicate with people from the past or the future by phone, and you can even visit yourself in the past or the future. So they call that a silver self if it's your older self visiting, or a green self if it's your younger self visiting. So you can even be in the same room as your silver self and your green self, literally having three versions of you in one room. Just take a second to think about that because it's crazy. It's just a crazy idea to have three of you all in one place. One of you who knows hardly anything because it's your younger self and one of you who knows everything that's about to happen because that's your silver self. It's a lot to wrap your head around, but it's also totally awesome and really cool. So here are my favorite takeaways from this book. It addresses the mental health of time traveling. So that idea that I just talked about, where you meet your silver self, you meet your green self, all of that, that's a lot for a human brain to wrap their head around. So the mental health of the time traveler, it's just a lot already. It also addresses the idea of death. The idea that you know when and how you die or how others die. But also the idea that in this world, you can still visit them from the past. So... Do they really die, or do they just no longer have a future? Is that even death? Like, it's just such a big question to wrap your head around. It's kind of cool to be thinking about that in this book. There's also the issue of being able to visit and communicate with people from the past or the future, and that you can see yourself or your relatives in the future or the past. That would also be tough to cope with, because you can possibly see how and when they eventually die. That can be super traumatizing, especially if they die a lot sooner than you were expecting, or tragically, or you find that you die in a certain way, or just when you die. So all of that can play a lot of toll on your mental health if you could actually see that. Now, it also brings up the idea that PTSD is time travel. So if you have PTSD, you're forced to revisit events from the past again and again. So it's this unwilling time travel, which is really tragic too. 
Now, it's not exactly a tragic book. It's more of a thought-provoking book and one that just makes you think about all of these scenarios and just the psychology of time travel. Like, the name is perfect. The other thing that I really love about this book is that the four engineers are female and there is representation with characters who are LGBT and people of color. So this kind of representation, especially in the engineering industry, is always awesome and it gave me kind of hidden figure vibes and that there's these four engineers and that they create time travel that's pretty cool but adding in the mental health aspect of it is actually a really cool addition to this storyline like i said earlier there may be a lot going on for you in this book i personally liked it um but I think, I think you should definitely check it out if you're interested in time travel, the science of time travel, and definitely the psychology of time travel. The next book that I am going to talk about is Here and Now and Then by Mike Chen. This book is 336 pages and is just under 10 hours in the audiobook form. Now, I was able to find this one on my library's Hoopla app, which is the audiobook app, so I would definitely check that out. This was Mike Chen's debut novel, and it's available on Target.com for under $11. So in this book, our main character, Kin, is a special agent for the Temporal Correction Bureau, the TCB. The agents of the TCB are tasked with going back and protecting the past from corruption because any little change can change their future that is yet to come. So when these agents travel, they are instructed not to get in any lines, not to go down any busy streets. All these things add to the timeline's delays, which therefore changes the past. So Kin is traveling from 2142 and he goes back to the 1990s for a mission when he gets stuck. After realizing that he's stuck, he eventually settles down, marries, buys a house, has a kid. Over time, he loses his memories of his life in 2142. Then one day, a rescue agent shows up to rescue him from the 1990s. It's now 18 years later, and he is being rescued, quote-unquote. So... What about his family that he created and the life that he has in the 1990s? The rescuer who arrives is actually someone he knows well in 2142. And this guy is like, dude, don't you miss your 2142 life? But he's also like, dude, you cannot live in two timelines. And your kid should not exist in the first place. So, does he go back to 2142 and live a life he doesn't even remember? Or does he try to escape this rescuer and somehow live on in the 1990s with his wife and kid who don't even know he's a time traveler? Because, duh, that wasn't even a thing back in the 90s. This book actually made me think of a lot of the ethical dilemmas with time travel. So, like, in the first place where they talk about not changing the timeline because that's not something you should do, and going back and fixing any changes that were erroneously made to the timeline. And then also the ethics of living in two timelines. Like, can you live in two places at once? I mean, with time travel in this universe, it's totally feasible, but is it ethical? 
And is it really feasible or is that something that's going to become a bigger problem? Because now you're living in two timelines and those timelines are quite far apart. So it's a really interesting book. It brings up quite a few um, questions about the ethics of time travel. So while the last book had the psychology of time travel, this one's got the ethics of time travel. So this one is really cool. I love the writing. It's by Mike Chen, like I mentioned, and I actually have his second book um, in my stack of library books that I'm going to be reading. So now I'm even more excited to read that book that I've read this one because this was a debut and for a debut it was awesome. So I can't wait to check out his next book. Alright, so the third book that I'm going to talk about, which is a sci-fi as well, is called The Future of Another Timeline by Annalee Newitz. This book is 272 pages and is 11 and a half hours in the audiobook form. It came out in September of last year, and this one can also be found on abebooks.com for just over $10 with the shipping. Now, it has a 3.81 rating on Goodreads, but I am going to admit that I tried to read this book months ago and I did not finish it, but I want to try again. And I'm including this book because the time travel element was really interesting, and so the book may work for you in ways that it just didn't work for me, but I'll explain that in a second. So like I said, the time travel aspect of this is interesting. There are five time machines located around the world that allow you to go backward in time, not forward. So there is no future element, only present and past. This book is told in two timelines with two main characters, Tess and Beth. Tess is traveling from 2022 back to 1992 and she's determined to rewrite history to fight for change. So she's in this group called the Daughters of Harriet. They're like time-traveling revolutionary feminists who go back and try to rewrite history to make it less oppressive to women, trans, and non-binary people. Now Beth, on the other hand, is living in 1992 and is not a time-traveler. So Beth and her friends one day murder one of their boyfriends, who was being abusive, and they decide to hide the body. Well, this one unplanned murder catapults them into a life of murder. They kind of set out to be like a militia against bad men. So kind of a violent approach to taking down the patriarchy. And kind of similar to Tess in the sense that they are fighting for change too, just in a much more murderous way. Now, my issue with this book is surprising because I'm a feminist and love a good feminist theme in books, but this book felt really heavy-handed. There are a few, a few male characters in the book, and most are essentially portrayed as villains, and while I feel like that could possibly be done in a fun way, it to me wasn't fun. I can't say much more about the plot without it being a spoiler but I will say that it is pretty gruesome with the murders. Those are um, definitely over the top with the blood and gore. Like if this was a movie, definitely a rated R movie. Possibly a Tarantino movie if he was interested in getting into a futuristic feminist movie. I feel like he might actually make this better than the book, which is rare. 
But the reason I included it is because, like I said, I did like the aspect of time travel. So there's these five time travel machines located around the world. So you can't just time travel from wherever. You have to state exactly where you're going. You have to have a reason to go there. So this group, the Daughters of Harriet, they time travel in order to try to rewrite history and make it less oppressive. That aspect is really cool. They get into a lot of confrontations with some male groups who are against their mission. So that storyline I really did like. And the book does have quite a few interesting parts. That's why I want to give it another chance because I tried it months ago. Might not be where my head was at at the time. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a go. And I wanted to include it here. The author is gender non-binary and there are also characters in the book that are trans, LGBT, so it's got some great representation as well. So I definitely am going to give it another chance, and it might be something you want to give a shot to. Alright, so the last book on the list for today is In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. This book is 272 pages, and if you go to the author's website, rebeccasearle.com, You'll actually see all the ways that you can purchase this book while staying home and staying safe. So mine is a copy from the library, and unfortunately I didn't see the audiobook through my library's catalog, but you should check yours out to be sure because it is available on Audible and it's under 7 hours in audiobook form. So if you're looking for a quicker read, this is definitely one. Now on Goodreads, this one has a 3.95 rating, but for me it was 5 stars hands down easily. The main character is Danny, who is super type A and lives her life according to plans. Like everything is planned and every plan is executed. She currently works as a lawyer and lives in Manhattan with her fiance, David. David works in investments, and together they are pretty rich. And in my opinion, their life is pretty boring. It's pretty much work, fancy dinners, and more work. So they've been together the exact amount of time that she thinks is appropriate before somebody can get engaged, and to no surprise of anyone, they get engaged. On the night that they get engaged, Danny falls asleep and wakes up in a loft apartment with a man she describes as looking like Adonis slash one of those superhero Chrises, and she's in Brooklyn. She's also in 2025. She learns that this man's name is Aaron, and while at first she's not a fan, she quickly becomes one. Except the next time she falls asleep, she wakes right back up in her apartment in Manhattan with David. To say I was disappointed when she woke up is an understatement. And I actually can't say much more about the plot because so many spoilers would happen. This book goes by really fast because you can't stop reading it. So if you pick this one up, just know once you start, it's going to be hard to put it down. Obviously, this one does not have a true time travel element to it, as in she didn't choose to travel to another time, but she did time jump and actually wake up in 2025. And because I thought we could all wake up in 2025 sooner rather than later, I've included it. I've also included it 
because it's a really good book, and I am not a big fan of romance, as I've mentioned before, but this one worked for me. It's not a true romance, so there's nothing crazy romantic about it, but if it were made into a movie, it would probably be closer to a rom-com than anything. So this isn't a sci-fi like the other three books, but it is so good. It's actually a perfect book to read right now if you're looking for something to escape, because it's not dark, it's not tragic, there's nothing, you know, overly sad about this book, and there is that slight element of time travel that might give you a little bit of an escape. This would also be a good choice for any book club. Even on her website, there is a list of book club questions to accompany this book. So if you're doing one of these virtual Zoom book clubs right now, I would highly suggest In Five Years for that. So there you have it, four books that explore time travel or at least have a time jump. I hope one of these sounded interesting. And if you have other time travel book recommendations, I would love to hear them because I am on a time travel kick right now. And if you have other episode ideas, you can reach me at frankiesmamareads at gmail.com or send a DM on Instagram or Goodreads. Now, for all you parents, I have one bonus kids book about time travel. I'll be honest, picking just one kids time travel book is pretty hard because there are so many good time travel books for kids. They just tend to center around history versus the science of time travel. There's almost no elements of the science behind it because, I mean, it is imaginative science. But there's tons of history in children's time travel books. So if you've got a kid who is having trouble latching on to history or just being interested in it, I would suggest time travel books for sure. My suggestion today is called... Flashback for The Lincoln Project by Dan Gutman. This is actually the first book in the Flashback 4 series. I believe there are four right now. Hopefully there are more to come. But this one is 209 pages in hardcover. It's also available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook. I found it on my library's audiobook catalog, so hopefully your library has it there too, because the audiobook was really, really cool. But if you need it in hardcover paperback, definitely check that out as well. So on Goodreads, this one has a 3.78 rating, which is good, but I'm not sure how good ratings for children books, children's books are, since it's mostly adults doing the ratings. Personally, I didn't really give this a rating. I want to say it's a 4 or 5, but I'm not a child, so I don't know. I'm not like the target audience for it. But in this book, our main characters are Julia, Luke, Isabel, and David. These four are invited to become time travelers by a billionaire. Now, like I said, this is the first book in the series, so it's a great one to start with since it sets up the backstory of the Flashback Four. There are four books in the series so far, and the Flashback Four travel back to the Titanic, Pompeii, and the Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr duel, but in this one, they travel back to the Lincoln assassination. I recommend this book for kids who are into history, or like I said, kids who are struggling to get interested in history. I know a lot of kids struggle to get into history, they just don't connect with it, and I feel like this series does a great job of making history exciting. I'd especially recommend this book for any of your kids who may be really into basketball, 
because there's a scene very early on where one of the flashback four gets to travel back in time to see Wilt Chamberlain score 100 points in a game and set the historic record. So that's a pretty cool element that ties in basketball and history and just makes it more interesting for kids. Now, while this book goes back to the time of the Lincoln assassination and the Lincoln presidency, of course, and it touches on race relations, but it's not the most diverse book out there, and it doesn't address the issue fully. So if you're looking for more in-depth conversations about race, gender issues, or even the Civil War, like the history of society during the Civil War, this is not the book for that. This one gives a great introduction to historical topics and makes it feel like an adventure. So for any kids that may be needing an adventure right now, this series would be a great start. Thank you so much for listening today to Frankie's Mama Reads. Click the link below to check out Mrs. Peggotty Arts on Etsy, and I will catch you next Monday with a brand new episode of Frankie's Mama Reads.